0: guys welcome back to the relaxed running podcast Tyson Popplestone here I'm your host we're back today for another solo episode I wanted to share a few thoughts with you a few things have been going through my mind this week and I thought hey you know what I reckon this would be a good little podcast so now I've given it a title which is it makes it sound as though it's aimed specifically at newer runners but the truth is In the world of running there's as you all know I'm sure there's just constant room for improvement regardless of what level that you're competing at so even if you've happened to click on this and you're a uh, and you're an elite runner hey there's plenty in here for you as well so my goal essentially was a lot of people ask uh, so many questions about running whenever running conversations start to come up there's so many questions and there's so many different directions you could take a topic about running. And I'm always amazed at how much fits into the subject of running training. So today, I've, I've come up with eight things. I've brainstormed eight things that uh, you might wanna consider if you're not already, which is gonna help not only give you purpose and meaning with the running training that you're doing, but also give you a little bit more clarity on what it is that you're trying to do. So this is by no means an, uh, an all-encompassing least this is simply the start of a conversation rather than the whole thing. So if you've got any other suggestions, this video, if you're listening to it with this podcast, it's up on YouTube as well. So go over to YouTube, Relax Running, get the conversation going there in the comments below the video. Also admire the set that I've got. I've got a nice little Prefontaine Picture at the back here. I've got a nice light on my face just here to try and make me look prettier. Got the new haircut, looking short. So if you listen to the audio, I'm gonna be honest, you're missing out on a whole heap of quality good looks right now, which is very subjective, but I'm just gonna roll with it and hopefully just uh, give you a bit of incentive to go over and check that out. So, hey, hope you guys are all doing really well. Um, Everything up here in, in Point Lonsdale is going well. I've recently got a new wetsuit, got my new surfboard. I've been out twice this week. I've never been so scared of four-foot waves. I was down at the local beach yesterday, uh, which is called Ocean Grove, which I'm sure a lot of Victorians and Australians would know. But if you're overseas, Google it. it it's not known to be a really big surf beach, but uh, but for me, it felt massive. So I've got a lot to learn there. I think I feel a lot safer <laughs> in the running department. But you don't care about my surfing, otherwise you'd be listening to a surf podcast. So let's. Get into it. These are in no particular order. So have a listen to them. As I said, let's keep that conversation going on the comments below uh, that YouTube video. While I'm on comments, thank you to those of you who have been leaving reviews over at the Relax Running Podcast. Up to 63 reviews now, which is pretty impressive. I, uh, I, I It means a lot just to know what it is that you guys like. Also, jump over there and tell me who you would like to hear from. This is on the Apple Podcast app. If you leave a review, leave some ratings. Give me a heads up on who you'd like to hear from, what you'd like uh, me to change, what you'd like me to improve about the podcast. I'm making it for you anyway, so you may as well jump over and uh, and give me a little bit of feedback. So guys, let me jump into it with with um, suggestion number one, thought number one, and that is this. That's goal setting. So when I say goal setting, it just means having uh, having a bit of direction that you're trying to take you're running. I think so often if you're anything like me, especially now that I'm doing it more casually, I'm not as competitive, uh, I can be a little bit open-ended with what it is that I'm training for. So uh, the problem with that, it's fine if you're just uh, you know, trying to get out a couple of times a week for some fitness, but what I've noticed in my own running is if, if I have too much open-endedness, if there's no finish line or goal in mind for, for me to aim towards, it makes it really difficult to to stay focused. It makes it hard to know what it is that I'm doing, the particular style of training, That I'm doing, it makes it hard to know hey, should today be easy? Should today be hard? Should it be long? Should it be slow? If you can get some clarity as to what it is that you would like to achieve, whether that's time, whether that's distance, that gives you a foundation to to work from. I think once we start to develop an idea of where it is that we'd like to get to, it makes it so much easier to know how to navigate the way. I think that's what my old school teacher used to say. He says, hey, uh, it's easier to get to the destination when you've, got the, uh, when you've got the coordinates. So if you're a little bit like me these days and you're just going through the motions, you don't have any real structure, any real idea of what it is you would like to achieve, maybe you're feeling a little apathetic with your writing performance, maybe you're feeling a little tired with it, try writing up a few goals. It doesn't have to be elaborate. I know there's a million different ways, there's a million different suggestions as to as to what uh, your, your goal structure should look like. But if you just get down pen and paper, maybe five different suggestions or five different goals that you'd like to achieve with your running by the end of the day, uh, by the end of the year, maybe by the end of the day, I don't know how determined or disciplined you are. Maybe, maybe the end of the year is just uh, too far out. But at least by the end of the year, if you can have a few things in mind that you'd like to try and achieve, it's going to make navigating your way towards that path a a little bit easier. I I really like simplicity when it comes to goal setting, whether that's just in my own life or whether that's with my running training. So I hate it when when it gets too elaborate. I've never been good with admin. I've never been good with over, um, over complicated details. So for me, the idea of getting too in-depth is crazy. Write down three to five things you would like to achieve and start aiming for those. I'm really interested to know if if you, like me, feel more motivation, more inspiration to get out the door when, you know, where it is that you're actually trying to get to. The second thing which I wanted to talk to you about, which was inspired by my old coach, Joe Carmody. I'd never really considered the importance of it until I met Joe back in 2001, but that is running technique. I think when you think about sports like swimming, or when you think about sports like golf, uh, technique's one of the first things that we think of. And it makes sense in a, a sport like swimming, I guess, to a lot of us, because we're trying to navigate through the water and golf, we know how difficult it is to hit a ball. But I think because so many of us have just our our natural running technique or the way that we've tried to learn to run, the way that we've learned to run, we just assume that that's the way we run. But the problem with that is for many of us, if we haven't got a trained eye to see you know, what it is that we're doing well, what it is that we're doing poorly, what it is that we can correct to improve our running performance, it makes it hard to know what the first step should be so uh, the first thing I want to address under the subject of running technique is yeah, this idea that we all just have our running technique that we've grown up with and I guess that's just the way it is nothing could be further from the truth I always say that when I was in Year eight I was living in Perth and uh, I was in computer class uh, because we used to have those apparently they're not just a part of your everyday life back in 2001 I'm not sure if that's true, but that's what it feels like looking back. Um, uh, my teacher came up to me, because I was one of those index finger kind of typers. I would just hit each button individually. She came up to me and she said, Tyce, look, Uh, there's a more effective way for you to type. She showed me where to place my fingers on the keyboard. She showed me which ones to move to allow me to touch type and look at the screen. For whatever reason, I became obsessed with the idea of improving this. And the first three weeks was ugly. The first three weeks, I was more efficient just with my index fingers. But the truth was that after some consistency and some practice, the, the new style of typing was way more efficient, and even to this day, now I can look at the screen, I can type super efficiently, I can type really quickly, and it's all because I, I went through that first three or four weeks of discomfort as I tried to change the way that I was typing. The same is true with our running technique. Um, it often, the same can be said for golf. Often we'll feel as though we're running less effectively with our new technique until that becomes the new natural style of running. So if you're not aware, the relaxed running membership is, is the primary part of the membership is to help you and I work together with helping you create a more efficient running technique. The first technique analysis is completely free, just so you can find out whether it's something that you feel is relevant, something that you think is helpful. If it is, that's something that you and I can continue for as as long as you like after that. So it doesn't matter if you're in Australia, it doesn't matter if you're overseas, that is done uh, via video uh, if you jump over to relaxrunning.com you can read more about it there but you're simply taking a couple of videos from a couple of different angles and i create some videos like what i've posted up on the youtube channel to give you a little bit of an idea of things that you can improve where tension is stored how you can relax more efficiently in terms of um where your feet are landing overstriding, understriding where your body and mass is landing in comparison to where your foot's landing to build momentum. There's a lot of things that we can go through together which can make some really big improvements in your running technique. So if that's something that you've maybe considered or but never really done anything about, jump over to Relax Running. Shoot me an email if you want some more advice. I'd be more than happy to work with you specifically on that. So just to get a bit of a taste for it, as I said, the first one is on me, just to show you what it's about, to show you what we can improve, and then if you want to take it further, that's an option as well. The third thing that I want to talk about is journaling, or keeping a training diary. So for me, I was, I've still got my training diary in, in one of my cupboards. In fact, I had a, a conversation with Steve Monaghetti, Australian Great Marathon runner. He's run 208 for the marathon, just a couple of weeks ago, on here, and he went over to his cupboard from like, uh, 1988. Got his diaries and just read out some of the uh some of the training that he was doing. What I loved about this, not only like the the romanticism of it or the sentimentality of it, being able to flick through and seeing what you were doing on a particular day. All those years ago on a more practical level i like to look at, at at what was working when i was running well so in my old training diaries uh, back from 2003 i used to have like a really thick training diary which just overlapped like year upon year upon year but i remember 2003 it started to get pretty thick and i used to love looking back and i'll keep it tally of the following things for someone who doesn't like admin i was probably a little over the top with it I would, I would write down the, the training that I did for the day. So it might have been a long run. Um, I'll talk about uh, how far did I run, how, f- how did I feel during that run. Um, Then I would also record details of the sessions that I was doing, the faster stuff. How did I feel when I was running fast? How did I feel when I was running slow? What did my taper look like going into a big race? And how did that particular taper work? What was the outcome of the race? I think the the beauty of hindsight is that it allows us to get a bit of an idea of what was working, what we could have improved, what we need to adjust, what we need to adapt, With the beauty, or with a training diary, the beauty of that is you get hindsight written down. You don't just come up with stories in your mind about how things were, yet you've got like a a physical journal to let you know how it was. So if you haven't been keeping journals, again, like the goal setting, it doesn't need to be super elaborate. It doesn't need to be super in-depth. It could just be a couple of notes as to how you felt, Um, how you recovered was it hilly was it flat was it fast were you fresh and look back at that with confidence my favorite part of that my favorite part of the journey was knowing what led to good races and sometimes there's there there doesn't seem to be any um, specific sort of uh, what do you say Sometimes it's difficult to know exactly what caused a good race because I might have like the same amount of sleep, I might have the same breakfast, I might do the same warm up and for whatever reason things just didn't work out as well as I might have wanted to in a particular race. But at least when you've got those things written down and recorded, you get more of an idea as to what you can adapt and adjust to hopefully take your running performance to the next level. Also, it's an accountability factor. There's something so nice about just being held accountable for, all right, have I been consistent with my training? If you can look back and see a couple of weeks of really inconsistent training, it's a personal challenge to yourself to go, all right, maybe I should lift my game. I was actually listening to uh, Atomic Habits, the audio book by James Clear, which was released a couple of years ago now. And I I thought I knew everything about habits. But one of the things that he was mentioning was offering yourself an immediate reward for a habit. Now, for me, an immediate reward for a habit was going back to my training journal in you know, in this case, while we're speaking about running, and actually recording another session. For me, it was it was almost like maybe you can say placebo effect, which allowed me to see, all right, there's another day of training. Uh, and for me, that represented, you know, more more durability, more fitness and steps towards my goal. It always felt like it was a, a, a really encouraging act to write down what it was I was doing in my training journal. So if you don't do that, Hey, maybe time to go down to Coles, get yourself a little journal, and uh, and start taking a couple of notes. Number uh, number four I- is something that I think is easier talked about than it is to apply sometimes. And this one's a little bit more emotional, and that is uh, and by emotional, I mean it's referring more to our you know our emotional life rather than our physical performance. But I, I think they tie in beautifully with each other. That is a- avoiding comparison to other athletes. I was a little bit of a late developer. I remember living in Ballarat. It was 2008 or 2009. I I, I can't remember the exact date, but I remember Ryan Gregson was young. Uh, He's, for those of you who don't know, he is uh, the former Australia 1500 meter record holder. I was about four years older than him. I was about 21, I think, in 2008. And I remember just feeling so disheartened because he'd just come out and run some massive time and I was thinking, man, I'm four years older than this guy. Like, there's how am I possibly going to compete against a bloke like this? And for me, the, the idea of that comparison, it just zapped any joy out of training. Because all of a sudden, the sport that I used to love, it, it, it seemed to lose a little bit of uh, enjoyment. It seemed I seemed to lose a little bit of pep in my step as I was out training. Because I was constantly looking at what other people older than me, the same age as me, younger than me were doing and achieving and whether I would ever be able to catch him. So for me I went through phases of being really good at just focusing on what it is that I'm doing and phases of like looking around and, and seeing what all these other guys who I was trying to beat were doing really well and it, it I can guarantee I can promise you that for me what made my running most enjoyable when I was like, when I realized all right Tyce the ability you have is the ability you have you're not going to change that. What you can control is your training, your mindset, your ability to consistently show up day after day after day, and combine those factors with your natural talent and see where it is that that gets you. Comparison in running or in any other part of our life for that matter serves zero purpose. It doesn't offer any help. It doesn't offer any assistance. In fact, if you're anything like me, it probably serves as a little bit of a weight on your shoulder that you don't need to carry. There's enough pressure, there's enough stress with a sport like running where you're putting yourself under that physical duress of hard work each day. We need to do the opposite. We need to have a little bit of a Stewie McSwain or Usain Bolt approach to running where we don't get so caught up on these small details that they they all become, uh, or or that these small details build up and build up and build up until they become a big thing. So uh, do your best in order to focus on what it is that you can control. uh, i recently finished a book called coddling of the American mind. And in this book, he represented uh, he represented recommended another book, which is called feeling good, which is, uh, it speaks about the power of mindset. It speaks about our ability to actually harness our positivity, um, and implement that in our own life. So it's a thought-challenging process which is called Cognitive Behaviour Therapy. I consider it as important in my own uh, training schedule or daily schedule as my physical training. So it's this uh, a process of challenging uh, negative thoughts or unhelpful thoughts. Highly recommend uh, the book Feeling Good or Change Your Thinking. Uh, the reason I'm tying those two together is because I find when it comes to comparison, when it comes to any negative cognition or thought that might be holding you back, this process of challenging the thoughts that you get so tuned into, which puts more pressure on you, is a really powerful act. So um, if you have trouble with the comparison game like I did when I was younger, try these thought-challenging sheets. They are incredibly helpful. In fact, it's, just, it's the same, I always think of it as just bicep curls in the gym. Every time I do a every time I do a thought monitoring sheet or a thought challenging sheet, there's another few bicep kills. So it's like a, a six pack for your brain. I don't know. There's so many analogies that you can make, but essentially it's just building that mental muscle, helping you do practical steps to get your mind on side. Um, the next one is we've, we've obviously got a fuel well. So from hydration, just getting that water in each day. If you want something more specific, you can jump over to precision hydration who create individualized plans at full disclosure. They are a a sponsor of the show, but I don't have sponsors on the show who aren't just, I'm not just a monster fan of. So these guys are, are really good. I love the fact that they eliminate that that just template approach to, okay, if you do this and you do this and you do this, then you'll be good. They say, no, okay, answer a few questions about yourself. Let's get details about you and the way that you sweat and figure out ways that you can actually uh, replenish the loss of fluids, which is suited to you. So that hydration element is one really important thing. And obviously with events like marathons, uh, it's not only important to the lead up to the race, but also during the race. Uh, we know the importance of hydration, but for whatever reason, it's so easy to forget. I know I've got a, a, a three quarters of a cup of water just here, which has been sitting there all day. I need to take my own advice here. But hydration is one of those things where if you're not fueling well, if you're not hydrating well, you're not going to have what you need to be able to get you around the track. The other thing is just tailoring and playing a little bit with your, with your diet. What foods do you run well off? Uh, what foods don't you run well off? A lot of people... Seem to enjoy a light carbohydrate before they go out for a run. I know there's a lot of talk about low carb, high fat coming into it. In fact, there's a really interesting podcast I did. I'll tag it in the show notes because I'm not a hundred percent sure what episode it was, but it's one of the most popular podcasts I've ever done here on Relaxed Running with Ali McLean, who's a big fan of the high fat, low-carb diet and explains the benefits of that for distance runners. So have a bit of a play around with, with food and find out uh, what you feel good running off, what you feel flat running off, and try and tailor and manipulate so you can constantly build not just that physical power through the training, uh, but that fuel to enable you to get through it. It's the petrol to the car, all right, for another analogy. It's that, it's that thing that allows us to get through, so it's something that we really uh, need to stay focused on. Um, The next one is stretching and strength. Now, I know there's a heap of talk amongst the physiotherapist world at the moment about how effective stretching is to our our running performance. But here's the thing, there is no doubt, call it placebo, but placebo is a beautiful thing. Sometimes this is helpful. Stretching is something which I, I I do nearly every day in some capacity, whether it's like a, a more focused yoga session or whether it's just a few stretches in front of uh, you know the TV whenever I'm sitting down there watching it. The idea of just stretching out tight muscles is a really nice way just to go into tomorrow's run with a body which feels nurtured. I personally like that feeling of freedom when I go out for a run. I hate having like super tight quads, super tight. Uh, glutes, super tight groin, and just feeling like I'm shuffling through a run, I prefer that open, nice flowing rhythm, which comes through stretching. And I've seen so many runners who who just completely lack any form of flexibility. And I don't know the science as to whether it leads to, to more injury or whatever. But from a personal perspective, I think there's no better feeling than getting out the door, feeling free, feeling open, feeling strong. Um, and complement that with some strength work in the gym I know as as distance runners we can often focus so so much just on getting out and doing mile after mile after mile and getting skinnier and skinnier and skinnier and forget about the importance of doing strength work now it doesn't necessarily have to be really heavy weights you might might want to go and do some some more body weight workouts you might want to go and do some you know just some more static hold like your planks and things like that, but I think to ignore uh, the strength training element of your training as a distance runner is to is to cut yourself short. This ties back nicely with what I was saying about technique as well. Often, when we're weak through our core, we, we notice as we start to fatigue, we we start to uh, you know hunch over a little bit, which not only affects our breathing but also our knee lift, which shortens our stride. So if you can uh, work on that core strength specifically through your abs, through your back, even through your hips, that would be really beneficial to to you and your running. A lot of runners ask, am I going to put on weight if I'm if I'm in the gym all the time? I'm in the gym 3 times a week, I run about 3 times a week, and I know this is not one size fits all, but I struggle so much to put on weight especially when I'm doing the running training. Now, when you're doing a lot of miles, you're gonna to struggle to put on big muscle. So you can pretty much lift some solid weight and you can rest easily in the fact that, yeah, you're probably not gonna come out looking like Arnold Schwarzenegger. So you don't need to stress about that, especially if you're not doing like maximum reps in the gym. If you're just doing some things to help assist and help encourage your, your body to be strong through your runs, then this is just gonna be a really good uh, factor to incorporate with your running training. I know some people, I think it was Ryan Gregson or Dane Verway. Uh, there's, there's a real focus for some people. I used to like going for my run and then the next day doing gym because it meant on my run days, that was my hard thing and on my gym day, that was my hard thing. But I think it was Ryan Gregson, Dane Verway who said that they like just to to get it all done in, in one afternoon. So you go out and do your session and then go out and do your your gym sesh uh, and get it all done in, in the one day. So find a routine that works for you, Dane and Ryan. I'm sorry if that wasn't you that said it. I'm sure it was. I've just got your name stuck in my head. Um, but there's there's more than one size fits all. So um, just uh, you don't feel as though you, you, you have to do what works for someone else because sometimes the, the best thing for us is just to find our own little rhythm. Now, got a couple more here. Um, the, the next one is... At, Staying unemotional. You're gonna have highs and lows through your running career. Maybe you've already found this out. But the truth is, when you know that that's true, regardless of of what level you're running at, it makes it easier to accept the highs with the lows. If you can look back at your training, you can see that you're doing everything you possibly can uh, and your performances drop then maybe it's time for a blood test or maybe it's time for a rest but the idea of just getting emotional and stressed about it makes no impact it makes no change it doesn't benefit our running whatsoever so uh, just knowing that we're going to have highs and lows is something that I, I find helpful it means that when I do have a bad day it means I don't have to get too down in the dumps when I do have a good day it means I don't have to get too arrogant Right now, uh, the US Trials have just finished, the UK Olympic Trials have just finished, and I'm seeing both sides of the spectrum. There's plenty of highs, and there's plenty of elite athletes experiencing lows because they haven't qualified for the Olympics. So this idea of once we finally get to a certain level of performance, these bad days are gonna be eliminated is just completely untrue. We may as well accept the fact that it exists and then just roll with the punches when they come up because it makes it so much more enjoyable when we're not getting stressed, when we're not getting flustered, when we're not getting upset, when we're just able to go, hey, that was a good day or hey, it was just a bad date. tomorrow's another opportunity. There's so much freedom in that and and if we can eliminate so much of that mental stress, that mental clutter, it's amazing how how beautifully it ties in with physical performance. So that's, a, that's another little thought for you. And the last one, The last thing is to, to, hey, mix things up a little bit. If you're feeling stale with your your current routine of training, you don't have to feel as though that's the only way to do it. You don't just have to go out and do long, slow runs because you're a distance runner. You might have a sit down with your coach or shoot me a message. Just hit contact on the Relaxed Running website. I'll help you out. Um, and, And find out ways that if you're doing a lot of long, slow running, you can incorporate some short, fast running Those two complement each other beautifully. In fact, the fast running is is heavily overlooked by distance runners and trail runners. It can be a really valuable part of your training. So if you haven't done something like that yet, you can do it. Mix it up in the gym. If you haven't done yoga, um, if you haven't done much recovery, uh, that ice water or cold water exposure is a really nice thing to do. Keep it fresh. Keep it exciting. You don't need to get stale as a runner and feel as though it has to be boring or it has to be more difficult. There's going to be plenty of difficulty As it is, so don't make it any harder for yourself. But uh, guys, honestly, there's a million things that we could talk about. they are just eight that I wanted to leave with you or to offer you. As I said, let's keep that conversation going down uh, in the comments below if you're on YouTube. If you're not, jump over. Make sure you subscribe. We need all the help we can get over there. We've got 475 subscribers. And I tell you what, I've got plans to make more subscribers on YouTube than that. So go on over and help me out. As I said, if you want to jump on board the Relax Running Membership, you can do that at relaxrunning.com. The first technique review is on me. Uh, Guys, if you've ever got any questions, any concerns, you don't know who to ask, shoot me a message. I'm more than happy happy to have a discussion with you about ways to improve your own running performance. So I hope that was helpful, guys. I really hope your training's going well. Um, Hey, that's all from me today, and I'll catch you all next week uh, for episode 98 of the podcast. Getting close to 100. Have a good week, guys.